Big tech and media outlets continue the war against HTQ, violence continues in major cities, Democrats grow at the bar, and President Trump brings out his inner Leroy Jenkins. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is the God of Freedom Show. Alrighty guys, so I hope everyone have themselves a great week. Happy Saturday. So we have a lot to get to today, so let's just jump right into it. So first we're going to start with our COVID-19 update. So as we as I talked about last week, um, the cases in like Texas, Florida, and Arizona are continuing to um, actually go down now. Uh, we have reached the peak in those states. Um, we have seen a spike in deaths, especially in, more in Texas and everything. Which is not really surprising, considering like deaths are usually a truly indicator of um, different cases. But the good news is, actually, the actual like death rate is continuing to drop dramatically as more cases come in. Like the, actually, the gap like if you go back to like March and April, like the death death rate will usually kind of follow where the cases go. So the more cases, the death rate will um, follow. Pretty closely, but as we've seen, like this for this time around, yes, we have seen the kind of spike in cases, spike in deaths as the um, cases spike, but the actual death rate it continues to the gap continues to get wider and wider and wider, which is some is really good. Now it tells you that we're pretty much almost, I mean, not quite, but we are seeing that it's we're starting to see some kind of result of a herd immunity. Because it ran um, probably through everybody at this point. So that's some really good stuff. Um, but on the political front for COVID, you know, the, uh, the fight for to keep schools open open them up or um, keeping them closed continues apace. But there's like the, the teachers' unions, like their demands are getting really ridiculous by day by day, pretty much. Like, some of the things they're demanding now is they want to defund the police. They want um, health care for all. Um, what else? They want, like, uh, to ban and to close down all charter and private schools, which doesn't make sense at all. It just doesn't. Like, how does that, like, how does any of this relate to COVID in any way, protecting kids from COVID? But, of course, as we've seen... With kids, they're not really, yes, they can get it, of course, they're not immune to it, but they're not really at risk from dying from it. Really, the most they'll get is probably mild symptoms, maybe not even symptoms at all, and they don't really spread it. There's no, like, reported case of a kid spreading it to an adult, which is some really, really, really good stuff, and that, that shows that we should be reopening the schools. But of course, people are trying to fight that and keep the keep them fight to keep them closed and everything, claiming that if we do, there'll be a mass death and all and all that, which is obviously false. But yeah, it's it's just funny seeing the media just go completely nuts over the notion over opening schools. So this, which brings me to this glorious piece in the New York Times. Right here is really, 
It's quite something. So, it's um, titled, A Small Georgia City Plans to Put Students in Classrooms This Week. In-person classes without a mask requirement are scheduled to begin on Friday in Jefferson, worrying some parents, students, and teachers at the state, as the state confronts the coronavirus. Fun enough, this is actually his um, closer to home because this is actually the school, the school district that my brother and sister graduated from. So here's what this piece says. When Jennifer Fogel and her family moved from Indiana to Georgia 13 years ago, they settled in Justin, a small, handsome city an hour's drive from Atlanta, because they had heard about, about the excellent schools. And until recently, they had little to complain about. The teachers are passionate, committed, and the facilities rival those found on some private schools. Which is true. Which is pretty true. Like Jefferson is actually really a really nice school. But in recent days, Miss Fogel found herself uncharacteristically anxious about after learning that Jefferson City Schools planned to offer face-to-face -face instruction in the midst of a resurgent coronavirus pandemic that has seen thousands of new cases reported daily in Georgia. As, as other districts around the state delayed their back-to-school days or moved all to all remote learning, Jefferson School officials announced that they were sticking with their Friday start date and one of the earliest one of the earliest in the nation. And while school school officials said they would strongly encourage masks for um, students and teachers, they stopped short of making masks um, making masks mandatory. Which makes sense. There's no need to really make them mandatory. If you want to wear one, go right ahead. If you don't want to wear one, go right ahead. And so, it should be a, a like a choice for everybody. Miss Fogel, of forty six, a stay at home mother, thinks that these these decisions are unwise. But at the way in her options, including online education promoted by the district but taught by a private company or or the state, she decided it best. To let her two teenage children embrace the risk and physically attend Jefferson High School. This is a part of the most hilarious piece. I mean, part about the piece is that you know she's worried about her like kids getting exposed to COVID, and then she's like, uh, "I'm going to send them to school anyways." Okay, either you're worried about it or you just want to find something to complain about. It seemed futile, she said, to go against the gang grain and heavily pro-Trump community where many see masks at the fringe of the President of Freedom and in a state where the Republican governor, Brian Kemp, has been urging districts to reopen their classrooms despite the pandemic's growing toll. Ah, there it is. There is the blame on Trump and Republicans because they're evil. Trump and Republicans are evil. They want to kill children. I can't fix it, Miss Fogel said, so I have to learn how to live live life as normal as possible and still try to protect ourselves. Okay, I mean that's kind of almost reasonable from what she said right there. That's how we all need to really approach this. We cannot live, like I said many, many, many times already. We cannot sit here and live in fear day by day of this virus. Because this virus is not really it's, it is basically, for most people, it is basically a cold, a cold, um, like, sickness. Yes, it can, get, it can get bad for many people, 
But, you know, so can a cold, honestly. A cold can, like, really do some serious damage to an elderly person or a person with a um, compromised immune system. And that's just, that's just been the case for years at this point. The reopening plans have starkly divided Jefferson, a middle-class um, middle city of about 12,000 pe people, offering a, like, offering a likely preview of the contentious debates ahead for many other communities whose school years start closer to the end of summer. And by the way, this is not... It's not unusual for Jefferson to start <laughs> this early. Jefferson is quite prominent to start... In July, I never understood it, but that's just how they ran things. I mean, even the school I went to, they started pretty early, or was considered early to most people around the country. But I mean, to me, this is more normal time. So it's quite, it's kind of crazy to hear people saying that. Well, they started in, in like September or whatever. An online petition created by two Jefferson High seniors calling for a mandatory, mandatory mass rule has garnered more than 600 signatures, but a competing um, petition demanding demanding that masks remain a choice for the students has attracted more than 200 signers, some of whom have left comments that underscore the politicized nature of the disagreement. Only liberals, only liberals can get Rona, and I'm not a liberal, wrote one using the slang term for the coronavirus. Trump 2020, no mask for me. For me. Obviously that was a joke, but you know, in the media, they don't have a sense of humor, so we're going to take that as seriously as possible. This piece goes on and on and on and on and on about how the dangers of <coughs> of opening up and everything, how Trump is, is, is a bad, even mean orange man and everything. Most hilarious part of it is there's a picture that New York Times reporter uh, took of a, it was a rundown gas station, but now I think is a, like a, um, it's like an auto part store, I believe. Um, I could be getting that wrong, but it's, it's quite hilarious that they don't, <laughs> just, I don't know, something hilarious about it. So... Yeah, I mean, as that, you know, as debate for the schools, like, trying to, whether they want to reopen or not, and there's another debate that's been brewing, um, for Corona, and that's the debate over whether we, over the drug hydroxychloroquine, or HCQ for short. So, basically, there, there's been studies that proven that this thing actually works. It does work for some people. It may not work for everybody, but again, some medicines don't work for some people. So, for some people, not, not, medicines don't work for everybody, honestly, not, so, I mean, that's just how some people are, but the debate, like, around HSQ is very, is very telling and very interesting, because the only reason why it's become such a big thing is because President, President Trump, you know, tattled it out back in March, saying that, you know, this thing, this uh, drug can help. And again, there has been studies that have proven it. But, since Trump said it, that means that it can't work. It doesn't work at all. And like, so the media is trying to promote these studies that are saying, see, it can kill people. Even though, in those studies, 
they were pretty much overdosed on on the drug on the medicine so so again like taking on the taking the right dosage you can really recover from there's been many people who were taking the right dosage and have recovered from covid and then there's those people who took the wrong dosage and like got seriously injured from it it, it just it's the same as any other medicine in existence. Like, you take a wrong dosage, it can really hurt you. If you take the right do dosage, day by day, you'll be fine. And yes, there is some side effects from it. Uh, the media is trying to really tout out that it can cause um, some heart problems. But, I mean, seriously, like, every other medicine in existence has some kind of side effects. And the, and the likely chance of that happening is pretty low. Even, even for this. But it's so hilarious, like, even if that, even if it were to not really work, which, um, it, it again, the studies show that it can't work, the amount of, like, like, pressure and, mo like, movement to try to ban this drug and ban people for even, like, talking about it, it's pretty telling. So there's, there was this video that went around, um, this past week. Um, it was about some do some doctors in um, Washington D.C. talking about um, talking about different things about COVID and everything. And one of the doctors mentioned um, HCQ, and here's a little bit what that sounded like. Okay, here's the video right here. I'm Dr. Stella Emanuel. I'm a primary care physician in Houston, Texas. You know, um, I actually uh, went to medical school in. West Africa, Nigeria, where I took care of malaria patients, treated them with hydroxychloroquine and stuff like that. So I'm actually used to these medications. I'm here because I have personally treated over 350 patients with COVID. Patients that have diabetes, patients that have high blood pressure, patients that have um, asthma, old people. I think my oldest patient is 92, 87 year olds. And the result has been the same. I put them on hydroxychloroquine, I put them on zinc, I put them on Zitromax, and they are all well. For the past few months, I've taken care of over 350 patients. We've not lost one. Not a diabetic, not a somebody with high blood pressure, not somebody with asthma, not an old person. We've not lost one patient. And on top of that, I've put myself, my staff, and many doctors that I know on hydroxychloroquine for prevention, because by the very mechanism of action, it works early and as a prophylaxis. We see patients, 10 to 15 COVID patients every day. We give them breathing treatments. We only wear surgical masks. None of us has gotten sick. It works. So right now, I, I came here to Washington DC to say, America, nobody needs to die. So basically what the doctor is saying is that, you know, she, again, like she said, she's been given the HCQ medicine, along with zinc and another medicine, to um, COVID patients, and every single one of them has recovered. And then she had, again, like, she has had a variety of different um, cases: people with diabetes, people with asthma, just regular normal people, healthy people, old, elderly people, all given the same amount of dosage, or maybe not the same amount, which is dosage, but the same the cocktail of uh, medicine. All of them recovered. So that tells you that this, taking the right dosage, along with like zinc or whatever, it can really help people. 
But what's so, what's so weird is that when this video is posted and people start retweeting everything, then big tech, like social media, like all social media sites decided to ban the video and ban people um, who posted a video. So Donald Trump Jr. was banned on Twitter for retweeting the video. There's many people on Twitter who were banned as well. Um, Facebook started banning the vid people from posting the videos. I posted the video myself. It was taken down. So, and also, it was even more weird that states like Michigan, Michigan, um, Ohio, and some other states have banned doctors from prescribing this drug. Which doesn't make sense. I mean, again, the studies don't prove that this thing has been, is like a deadly, horrible poison. The only reason people have actually died from it is because they took the wrong dosage. They overdosed themselves on it. So, it just... So when you take that into account, that the fact that every single social media site is on a rampage to ban people from even talking about it, and states are trying to ban um, doctors from prescribing it, that that makes that should make you really suspicious about what's going on. I'm not as good as conspiracy theorists usually, but this is very weird. So I mean, you got you got something that can really really help people with this, and you don't want you don't want people to at least to at least try it. I'll, I'll just let people at least try it. I mean, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. And if it doesn't work, like, you know, the left would like to claim, why is there such a big effort to try to ban people from even talking about it on social media? It's very, it's very suspicious. Very suspicious stuff. Like, I, I don't know. This whole COVID thing is just, is very, been, it's been political from the beginning. And honestly, I think it's all, <clears throat> part of the main reason why the media and the left want to try to keep people from getting this medicine is probably because it actually does work. And I hate to say it, but they probably want this thing, crisis, to continue all throughout the fall into November so that it really it hurts Trump's chances. Which is very sickening, but it's not surprising coming from the Democrats. The Democrats um, can sink really low. And as we'll see throughout this episode. Alright, so that's enough COVID stuff. So now we're going to move on to the, um, the rise that are continuing in Portland and other major cities across America. But first, you got to go over to YouTube or the God of Freedom blog to check it out. So not only you get what I'm talking about, the rise and everything, I'll also be talking about how the Democrats had a disgusting... But Democrats had a really disgusting uh, congressional hearing attacking uh, Bill, Attorney General Barr. Also, you can get towards the end where I talk about, you know, the good stuff and bad stuff of the week. And I'm um, also going to go over the book of John. I'm starting John chapter 16 today. And remember, you can find me on your favorite podcast listening sites, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. This is The God of Freedom Show. Alrighty, so let's um, move on to the riots and everything.
So the riots continue on, especially in Portland and everything. It actually does, it has like quieted down um, this past, over the past like 24 hours or so. And, but it still, it still continues to pace. People are still, you know, burning things, like destroying property and everything. So it just, it's still, it's still happening. It's still, and it's still, like, it just doesn't make sense to me why the state, the state governments and the city governments refuse to do anything. And now, you know, of course, you know, like I mentioned last week, you know, President Trump has been sending federal troops to stop, to quash all this. But now the Democrats are freaking out, still freaking out over it, saying that he's a fascist and that he has made things worse for people. And they, even like, even like I said, like the violence has actually toned down over the past 24 hours. And the reason Democrats are, some Democrats are giving is because the federal troops are um, moved out. That's the reason why violence is tamped down. But suggesting that it was federal troops that started the violence in the first place. Which is not true in the slightest. Like, this is actually just from last night, right here, in Portland. This um, according to the blaze. Rioters have leave greasily threat for police outside Portland Justice Center. A burned, decapitated pig's head with a police hat. And like here's basically it's a picture of a yeah, like a pig pig head with with a cop hat. It's pretty pretty disgusting stuff and that just tells you the nature what's going on in Portland. Like the the police there are just under attack day by day and the city government refuses to let them do anything about it. And this is why President Trump is sending in the troops to these federal troop uh, like agents to help like quash all this stuff but they want to they want to continue to scream that he's a fascist for it and that he's attacking this um protesters and everything which is not true he's not no pro peaceful protester has been arrested everybody that's been arrested in portland has all been uh, rioters rioters it, and that's a proven fact but even so even when, when that being the case, there's still people claiming that Trump, Trump himself, is responsible for the riots in in Portland or in Washington or Portland, whatever. Washington, Portland, Seattle, or whatever. And it's because you know he sent in the federal troops, and that's what caused violence. So here's the mayor of Seattle, uh, Mayor Jenny Durkin, and here's what she had to say about about it. We don't need help. We don't need the help that the president's offering. And in fact, I think the president's actions have directly escalated and were responsible for what happened this weekend. Many people who were interviewed by media said they came to protest because of what's happened in Portland. The protest itself was billed as something as in solid solidarity with Portland. And so we are today. I requested the Department of Homeland Security, since there was no actions directed against the federal properties here, to ask them to remove the standby team team that that they have. So it's all Trump's fault. It's all Trump's fault for the violence in Portland. And really, I mean, again, according to the um, Insurrection Act of 1807, President Trump has all the power to quash.
these kind of insurrect these kind of riots and everything, especially if it does attack federal property. And that's what that's what was happening in Portland. And the idea that the media is pushing is that they were all mostly peaceful, mostly peaceful. That's just the most vagus line you can use. Yes, maybe most of them were peaceful, but those are not the people that the DHS agents were going after. They're going specifically after people who are rioting. That's that's been the case. That's that's obvious. That you can look up look it up yourselves. So again, this Portland's not the only city that's been going through this kind of violence. Major cities across America has been experienced this. That Chicago, New York, Atlanta has experienced uptick in violence. And of course, the mayors there a few refuse outright to let the police do anything about it. And because of this, President Trump has you know said that he's going to send more troops to these cities. And the course prompting the mayor is there saying that he's a racist and a fascist for it. So I mean, this is going to get worse. And and the idea that banning and like defunding the police is going to make this better, obviously that's, obviously that's not the case. Cities that have defunded the police has seen a dramatic uptick in violence. Violence. So again, that obviously doesn't work at all. Alrighty, so now on to what's been what was what happened with Attorney General um, Bill William Barr, and um in, in the congressional hearing that happened this week. So basically, he was brought up to the hearing mostly because that he what because the Democrats were trying to um make a big deal about him investigating the investigators who investigated the um, Trump Russia collusion. The thing, whatever, and that he actually launched, launched an investigation into those folks to see was if there was anything fishy going, which is perfectly reasonable. And that whole that investigation that went on for two years and came up with nothing, that probably should be investigated. That's just in just my opinion. But the Democrats in this hearing were their usual, the usual selves. Trying really to attack Barr in any way possible, and like not really let him speak or anything, calling him pretty much a murderer for um for COVID and everything, which is quite hilarious. And it's, it just once again that shows you just how disgusting and low Democrats can go to. And even like they were trying to going after him for the federal response to Portland, saying that you know that. Just these are protesters being attacked in major cities, and you're okay with that? And like, here's what um, Barr responded with. Here's a video right here. The federal government is the sovereign of the United States. We have two sovereigns here uh, in the United States, and we enforce the federal law all over the country. Every square foot of the country, we enforce federal law. The other is protecting federal property and specifically U.S. courthouses, which are the heart of federal property in all 93 jurisdictions in the United States. And we have the obligation to, to, to protect federal courts, and the U.S. Marshals specifically have been given that obligation. Federal courts are under attack. Since when is it okay to try to burn down a federal court? 
No, the U.S. Marshals have a duty to stop that and defend the courthouse, and that's what we are doing in Portland. We are at the courthouse defending the courthouse. We are on the defense. It's, we're not out looking for, for trouble. And if the state uh, and the city would provide the law enforcement services that other jurisdictions do, we would have no need to have additional uh, marshals in the courthouse. And he is exactly right. Exactly right. Again, like... It's not the troops, the federal agents that have started this. This has been going on in Portland for, like, pretty much the rise of Portland has been going on almost for 50 days straight. 50 days straight. So the idea that it was the federal troops that started it is completely false. Completely false in every way. But this didn't stop the Democrats for, you know, attacking him, saying that he's a racist and a fascist for going after protesters when he actually went after the rioters. The Democrats keep conflating the rioters and the protesters as they're the same people, which they're not. The protesters and rioters are not the same people. They're people who are peacefully protesting and they have a right to. And they're not the ones being arrested. People who are being arrested are the rioters because you do not have the right to riot. It's, simple, it's as simple as that. And so, um, really, it wasn't just that. Like, you know, they're attacking him over the COVID response and attacking him over the investigation to the Russia collusion investigation and everything. It, it really mirrored what the Democrats were doing to um, Brett Kavanaugh back in the, um, like, Supreme Court uh, hearings during that time. So much so, like, here's actually a video of Chuck Todd talking about how, you know, William Barr, surprisingly, is Republican. And here is what he had to say about that. Here's video right here. I also uh, think there's uh, another thing at play here, which was that one of the committee members is Karen Bass. Karen Bass is one of the people who's on the yeah. short list, apparently, for vice president for Joe Biden, who, while all of this was going on, was uh, unveiling an economic plan. But from the political side of this, Chuck, What's your takeaway from this? Well, look, it was the partisan whiplash that I expected from the House Judiciary Committee. I mean, as, as, as everybody who you were just talking to knows, House Judiciary, unlike any other committee, uh, is populated with the most ideological folks, left or right. So you see this partisan whiplash when you watch it. I've been surprised at how comfortable Bill Barr is playing a partisan. And I say it this way. He, you know, wants to... You know, he lets misstatements go if they're from allies. He corrects misstatements on the left. He had an, an odd view of testing, somehow blaming Barack Obama and the CDC. It was, it was sort of the type of, the type of answer you'd expect from a political pundit on a certain cable channel, not necessarily from the sitting attorney general. So I was surprised because during his confirmation hearing, Chris, he went out of his way to, to at least, look, he's ideological. Everybody expected that. But he would try to say, I'm, you try to create a professional side here. He's kind of let that blur more than I expected. Chris. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. This, this is quite hilarious right here because like, they're acting like, ooh, what a horrible thing. Barr is a partisan. Ignoring the fact that, you know, Obama called um, Eric Holder his like, wingman when he was attorney general. So it, it very much mirrors what Democrats did to Brett Kavanaugh because since he got angry at them for calling him a um, gang rapist, 
he was the true partisan. And the same is happening with Barr here. Like he got almost like he was fighting back against the Democrats and they're just awful questions and all that. And they were and like so that because of that, because they fired back at him, he's a true partisan during in, in all this. So it just it, it it was a really disgusting hearing. A really disgusting hearing. And it just it just tells you it just shows you that just how useless Congress actually is, and how again they don't really they don't do anything anymore. Not a thing. When was the last time Congress actually passed a bill, and not some like ominous like ominous like package or whatever, like an actual individual bill? You you can't name one because it hasn't happened in years. So the idea that we should let these people control, like, our lives and everything, control how policy is done, is completely laughable. So, as, as, we have, as I have, like, talked about throughout this episode, like, obviously, the Democrats are getting, like, more and more radical day by day, and it's pretty obvious that they're becoming more radical. Joe Biden has become more radical and everything. So, in the usual cases, that this should actually give Republicans a great shot to win a re-election in, uh, in November. And because just the majority of American people do not want the crap the Democrats are spouting. They don't want the, they don't want a social, socialist nation. They don't want any of that. So if they had to vote for Republicans to get them out, to get the Democrats out, like that's how some people will see it. But then we have people like President Trump who is consistently insists on jumping on landmines with both feet. Like, he is basically now, his nickname should be President Leroy Jenkins. I mean, if, you, if you're not familiar with the meme, I'm Leroy Jenkins. This is from, I think, World of Warcraft. There's just a bunch of people kind of planning on how they'll attack an enemy, an enemy at a base or whatever. And they you know we're coming up with strategies and all that. And come here comes this guy who that went out getting a snack and everything. And then he um, got back on the controller and said, and then instead of like joining people who were planning an attack, he decided to run and screaming, Leroy Jenkins. And then obviously the plan was destroyed and many all pretty much all of them died from it. So, this is what President Trump does on a daily basis. It's basically a game of hold my beer. Or, or in Trump's case, a game of hold my Diet Coke. But consistently, like he, when Democrats have like driven themselves so low, is that really you have no, to the point where you have no choice but to vote for Trump? He comes in, screaming Leroy Jenkins, and says the most idiotic crap. <laughs> ever. So here's what he had to say just, I'm gonna think, just a couple of days ago. He's talking about the mail-in voting. Everything. With universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be, will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the um, USA. Delay the election until people can properly and securely and safely vote? Question mark. So basically, what he's telling, floating around right here is the idea that we should be 
delaying the election in November because of mail-in voting. Now listen, there's been a lot of suspicious, a lot of suspicious stuff going on with mail-in voting about how like some votes are not even being counted. Some votes are probably even being changed. Everything. This is why mail-in voting is a horrible idea. But there's no reason why we should be doing a mail-in vote. There's no reason why we shouldn't be just doing regular voting. There's ways to go out and like vote regularly while protecting yourselves from COVID. Like what should happen is that you know people should be socially distanced at these voting booths, and of course you know wear masks. So this is only time where I really would have promoted masks, but. When you have a lot of people, and especially this um, election, there will be a lot of people um, going out and vote. So it would make sense to wear a, a mask to kind of help protect people, people from um, getting sick and everything. But the idea of delaying the election, that's, that would be a big mistake. And plus, you know, he don't even have the power, power to do that in the first place. So I'm guessing he's just saying this just to say it. But again, if if he were to somehow successfully delay the election, it won't help him. It will actually hurt him more than anything. And of course, this um, provided the media to go on a 48-hour news cycle about how Trump was the canceled election or whatever. It's their their usual tactics. But this is why Trump needs just needs to stop. He needs to freaking stop. He is hurting himself day by day with this crap. Like, here's a, and he, he, this is why he's losing right now. Because of stuff like this. And he is, in fact, losing. According to the, um, the Real Clear, um, Real Clear Politics average, but an average, this is, um, the most recent update. So Biden is at 49%, 49, and Trump is at 42. So it is by the 7.4 gap. Between Biden and Trump, which in retrospect, um, the gap was a lot wider um, a couple weeks ago. So that's kind of a good thing that the gap has closed a little bit. But he's still pretty far behind in all, in all the polls. Like for Emerson, it's fifty forty six. Economists has that forty nine forty, and everything. Like every single poll is out. He's down. So that's not good. That is, that is simply not good for President Trump. And this is why he needs to stop tweeting stupid stuff like this. He, but he needs either a tweet checker, people who would check his tweet before he send it, sends them out, or okay, I don't really. I, I know I've mentioned this before, and I don't really want this to happen. But if he were to be banned from Twitter, again, I don't want it to happen, but if he were to be banned from Twitter, it would help him in two ways. One, it would give him like some ground where I work to say, see, social media is out to silence me and um, conservatives, which he would have a, solid, have a solid case for that. And there's already a solid case for that anyways. And plus, two, it would give, get him off Twitter. So, and if he if he's off Twitter... His chances, chances will go up dramatically. So, somehow his campaign needs to somehow keep him busy for the next few months. And keep him on Twitter as much as possible. And just let the Democrats do what they do. Right here. 
it's quite it's it's quite it's quite something whatever all right so now let's get on to the um, book of john right here so today we'll be starting john chapter uh, 16 And remember, you can follow me along if you want, and not now be the New Living Translation. Then we go from one, from verse one to fit one to fifteen. I have told you these things so that you will won't abandon your faith, for you will be expelled from the synagogues, and the time is coming when those who kill who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you th these things now, so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. The work of the Holy Spirit. But now I'm going to, going away to the one who sent me, and not not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the Advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of, of his sin and God's right, righteousness, and of the coming, coming judgment, and of the coming ju yeah, judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this, of the, this world has already been judged. There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't hear it now. When the Spirit of Truth comes, he will guide you into all, all truth. He will not speak on his own, but speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is of mine. And that this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And this is very, obviously, a very strong prediction of the Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes on to the disciples and they start speaking the languages of different different people there and like tell people about Jesus and everything so this is very reminiscent of what will happen that's very reminiscent of what would be happening with you know the end times when you know judgment day comes and, and everything so it's very very interesting stuff so yep next week we'll continue on with John chapter 16 um, probably finish it actually. So yeah, we're moving along with it. So, alrighty. So now time for some good stuff and bad stuff of the week. So some good stuff of the week. Um, this is actually pretty cool right here. So after after probably seen with different uh, sports teams like MLB, the NBA, the um, NFL, the, um, there's some, been a lot of players who have kneeled for the national anthem as part of the protest with the new. Mm -hmm. You know, police brutality and, and systematic racism and everything. But there's been some people who have refused to actually kneel for the national anthem. And one of them is um, a guy named uh, Jonathan Isaac, who um, plays player for the um, plays in the NBA. 
I don't know what team he's on, but here's what we had to say about kneeling for the national anthem. Absolutely. I believe that Black Lives Matter. Um, a, lot, a lot went into my decision, and, and part of it is, first off, um, it's it my thought that, you know, kneeling or wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt um, don't go hand in hand with supporting Black Lives. And so um, I felt like just me personally, um, and what it is that I believe in standing on a stance that um, I do believe that Black Lives Matter, but I, I just felt like it was the decision that I had to make and, and, and I, I didn't um, you know, feel like putting putting that shirt on and, and kneeling uh, went hand in hand with um, supporting Black Lives or that it, it made me support Black Lives or not. I believe that uh, for myself, my, my, my life has been supported um, through the gospel jesus christ and, and that everyone is made in the image of god and that we all fall short of god's glory and that uh you know each and every one of us each and every day do things that we shouldn't do we say things that we shouldn't say and we hate and we, we dislike people that we shouldn't hate and dislike um, and, and sometimes it gets into a point where we point fingers about whose evil is worse and, and sometimes that comes down to simply whose evil is is most visible so um i felt like i wanted to just take a stand on I feel like we all make mistakes, but I think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is that there's grace for us and that Jesus came and died for our sins. And that if we all will come to an understanding of that and understand that God wants to have a relationship with us, um, that we can get past skin color, we can get past all the things in our world that are messed up, jacked up. Um, I think when you look around, racism isn't the only thing that, that, that plagues our society, um, that plagues our nation, that plagues our world. And I feel like you know, coming together on that message that we want to get past not only racism but everything that 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 that, that plagues this other society. I feel like the answer to it is is the gospel. That's some good stuff right there. That's the way he's you know he's saying that you know he only really pretty much kneels only to God and everything. That this is how we can fix the problems in our society with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because, you know, obviously he said many times that, you know, black flies do matter. But there were some people calling him Uncle Tom, saying that, oh, he doesn't support black, black lives not matter because he doesn't stand. Or he doesn't kneel for the national anthem. Which is completely, it doesn't make sense. You can believe that black lives matter, of course. But just, there's a difference between saying that black lives matter, which is undoubtedly true, and supporting the black lives matter organization. Black, black lives matter organization is a Marxist communist evil organization that is basically on a rampage to destroy America and destroy like the very foundation and like, values that we um, love as a country. But the, the actual like Black Lives like, Matter is saying that is undoubtedly true by all measures. Of course Black Lives Matter. Of course they do. That's what he's saying. But there's different but of course there are many other problems in our society right now, and that it, we, it, we can't just stop it with like government and tearing down the system. It has to be through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I applaud, I really applaud him for saying this right here. And he, he's not the only one that said something like this. Alrighty, so now time to some bad stuff of the week. So, some bad stuff of the week, some a couple of things that, um, really bad things that happened over the um, past week. Um, so this happened late last week, like very late last week. I think on Saturday or Friday, I, I believe. Hold on. 
Yeah, actually, just actually a couple of days ago. Yeah, a couple a couple of weeks ago, um, John Lewis um, passed away. I don't think I talked about this. Maybe I did. If I did, I'm sorry, but yeah, uh, you know, John Lewis sadly passed away from uh, pancreatic cancer. And um, of course, you know, they held his funeral over the past um, week or so. I'm um, going around Atlanta to some uh, and everything. So our prayers go out to him and his family. And also, just over the past, like, just a couple of days ago, um, Herman Cain, who was, um, you know, business executive who uh, ran for president um, a few years, like, back in 2008, I believe, or 2012, um, he sadly um, passed away from um, COVID, from complications with COVID and everything. So that's, again, like, prayers go out to him and his family. And honestly... One of the reasons why he had complications with COVID and why probably he died from it is for like one thing is like he was in his like seventies um, around there and he had just recovered from um, colon cancer, stage four colon cancer. So his immune system was already compromised already due to uh, due to probably uh, chemo treatment and everything. So that's probably why. He's succumbed to COVID. But of course, this, just to show how low Democrats can go, they took this opportunity to blame Trump for his death because uh, Herman McCain happened to, to attend Trump's rally um, back in, I think it was June, I believe. That was Trump's rally. I'm pretty sure it was June. And he attended there, and like I think about, a week later, just over a week later, he was diagnosed with COVID. Now, there's no proof that he actually got it from Trump's rally. We don't know where he got it. And plus, there's not really been a proven outbreak among people who actually went to the Trump rally. If there was, trust me, that would be all over the media. All over the media. So, possibly he could have gone there. But, again, he could have gone from anywhere. That's just how this virus works. You can get it from anywhere at any time. But this is going to stop Democrats from like sticking solo, blaming Trump for his death, and saying that it's like it's serves serves Kim Herman right for not wearing a mask, for being anti-mask, and like claiming that he was he called COVID a hoax when he actually didn't. He actually did not call it a hoax. But here's what the Democratic Coalition had to say about it. Trump's Tulsa rally has claimed his highest profile victim yet. Rest in peace, Herman Cain. Seriously? Seriously? Go F yourselves. Go F yourselves. Because that's, that's disgusting stuff. Like, blaming Trump for something like this is very, is very disgusting. Very disgusting stuff. And, I don't know, this, this is just how like, partisan, and just how awful all politics has been getting right here, when we can't even, like, commemorate someone who just died, when we just had to find something politically to fight about over someone's death, just, just how far our politics has fallen. Alrighty, so I'll be back here next week with all the latest. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is The God of Freedom Show. If you enjoyed this episode of The God of Freedom Show, Hit that like button and follow the page to get more content. You can also find me on your favorite podcast listening sites like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. 
Thank you for listening or watching.